and welcome to episode 14 of the NRL Fantasy Amateurs, joining you from the lockdown in southeast Queensland. So, Ryan, I uh, un- understand you're allowed to leave your house, so you're probably doing better than me. Yeah, mate. I'm, I might even go to the pub after this, um, you oh. know, like, yeah, enjoy a nice cold beer, you know, something like that. You know, just leave the house. It's um, it's, a, it's a luxury these days for us in uh, <laughs> in southern regions. <laughs> I think we're getting a bit of karma up here in Queensland because we were able to uh, to leave for for ages and we were rubbing it in. And I was I'm pretty sure I was quite vocal on Twitter calling people COVID riddled germ fit fests or whatever. And and now I'm I'm stuck in my house. Um, but that's all right. I didn't want to leave it anyway. Um, and and it's Teamless Tuesday, so I get to uh, spend the next 72 hours thinking about fantasy football. Not that I wouldn't have been doing that anyway. Uh, only so- only seventy only 72 hours, mate. <laughs> Well, that's until the football starts, so it's a little bit, something like that. I don't know. My maths isn't very good. I live in Queensland, so. <laughs> um, mate, uh, I reckon we just get stuck into this. We've got, a, a, I guess, an interesting set of team lists. So we're kicking off on Thursday night with Manly versus Panthers because that's what you need to start the week. Panthers uh, have made an interesting change to their team with Matt Burton going into the centres and Cleary coming back into the side, uh, otherwise unchanged. Obviously, with Edwards out and Crichton moving to fullback, it's it's an interesting one for Cleary. Uh, with Pert- Burton coming into the team, you have to think that he's going to be taking a bit of pressure off Cleary in the click- kicking game, as far as you know actual footy goes. But for his fantasy, you think that might chip into his ceiling a little bit? Yeah, maybe a little bit. I, I, I think. Um... You know the Panthers would be dumb not to incorporate Burton's kicking game somehow. Because how good was he last week with his kicking game? Like some of those uh, kicks were just ridiculous. You know, he was booting up sixty meters on the fly and putting up bombs that were just uncatchable. Mm. Um, and you know, like when you've got Cleary doing all the kicking, uh, you know, all game, you, you know, it puts a pretty big target on his back. So yeah, maybe that does yep. chip into his ceiling a bit. At least um, us non-Cleary owners can can hope it does. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say that that's what's going to happen. <laughs> but yeah, no, in uh, in across the first two rounds, you know, Cleary is averaging what's that 450 kick meters or thereabouts. So even if that chips down to 350, that's five points off the ceiling. Uh, which does make a difference, but it'll be interesting to see how it actually happens. But obviously, Cleary's still an out-and-out gun. I guess the question for me is going to be, let's say in this game Penrith put 30 points on in the first half, what's the chance that Cleary gets rested, they shift Burton into the halves and and put Tyra May at centre or something like that is the other question to keep in mind. Yeah, I mean, if Cleary hasn't put up bloody, you know, two tries by then and... (laughs) Crack mm, the ton. Yeah. Um, he could be on 126 by halftime. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, I mean, it's a likely, I mean, it's a possible scenario, definitely possible. You, I mean, you'd have to expect that uh, this isn't going to be a, a fun game to watch for Manly fans um, if there's any left. But <laughs> yeah, it's. Mate, uh, if, if you had, let's say you had Cleary, and we both don't have Cleary, so we can just lightheartedly speculate about this. If you had Cleary, but then you also had a guy like, say, Angus or or Fafida, would you m- be tempted to move the C off Cleary coming off the head knock with the chance of being rested, all this sort of stuff, or would you just roll with Cleary? If it was against any other opposition, I'd uh, consider it, but I feel like against this Manly side that we know, you know is likely going to concede, what, 30-plus points, you'd assume, 
Mm. Uh, I don't know. It's it's hard to take the sea off Cleary, especially against this manly side that yeah, we think is going to leak a lot of points. Um, I, I don't think I'd be moving it. Yeah, no, it's just an interesting. I guess it, like I can I can see a uh, a range of outcomes where he ends up only playing sort of 50, 60 minutes and then having a rest. Mm. I mean, he could yeah, still I score mean, seventy points in that time, though. So, I mean, yeah, and he might exactly. not. He might not. He might play eighty and score one hundred and fifty points. I don't know. So, mm. I guess you got to uh, got to make a decision about what your uh, likelihoods are and all that sort of stuff. And ultimately, yeah. we can't know. We can't know. I mean, like, even if Cleary does only play sixty minutes, there's a good chance he's put up fifty by then. And I mean, really, like, Angus only scored fifty four last week. Like, there's a, mm. like fifty's not a terrible score from. Uh, from a captain, it's just a bad score from Cleary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, on the other side of the ball, uh, they look, oh, they're 1 to 17, I think, uh, with Jachewski named, even though he had a little bit, some sort of a leg injury. Uh, not that I think him having a leg injury impacts his playing ability at all. Uh, so it's pretty low to start with. But um, I mean, Schuster. Is everybody that didn't get him last week is is looking to pile on this week, according to the uh, fantasy groups that I've been looking at. <laughs> yeah, I mean, with good reason. How good did he look? I, I, you know, mm. I had him. Um, I mentioned last week he sort of reminded me of a young Way Graham, but I don't think Way Graham's ever looked that good. <laughs> no, no. Well, I think he's got a bit of size on Wade. Yeah, and yeah, a bit, um, bit of strength as well. Mm, yeah, no. I, I, I it, it's a possibility that Schuster could be like. You know, when, when Payne Haas came in and we had him all down as like a 40 to 45 point cash cow and he ended up scoring like 65, 70, um, he could be like that. You know, if he's playing 80 on the edge and he's a creative guy who's making 40 to 50 tackles a game plus the run meters plus setting up tries and doing all that sort of stuff. So mainly need all the help they can get uh, in that space. Uh, Turbo's not far away. It's looking like mm. maybe he might be next week. Yeah, what do you think? Are you, you going to roll the dice on Turbo again? Or is maybe your confidence we'll save, gone? Well, well, maybe we'll save that for when he's actually named. I'll, yeah, I'll see good, how, good how the rest of my team's looking like at that time. <laughs> um, mate, I guess moving on to the Friday afternoon game then. Uh, yeah. It's not. It's uh, 3 o'clock on Friday, which is pretty cool. So that's uh, Bulldogs versus Rabbitohs, uh, another close game. So it looks like Corey Allen has swapped to the wing and Nick Meany's at fullback, which I think they did in the second half of last week. Uh, yeah, not that I think that you're helped. right. Um, mm-hmm. But the big news here is Avrilo dropped for Lachlan Lewis and Josh Jackson suspended with a Tony coming in to lock and uh, Napa starting a prop. Yeah. Um, yeah, like you said, Alan and Meany have done the switch. Uh, Avarillo, you, you've got to just be devastated if you actually started with Avarillo. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, to get like all those pork scores, him go backwards in price and now out of the 17 altogether. Um yeah, well, I mean, what would you be doing? Are you, are you well and truly a sell now? Yeah, I think you have to sell him. I guess the the hard problem is for a lot of people. They, you know, I've seen a couple of people. They've just got Neo and Avrilo, and that's it for their centers. Uh, with the trade out, like a lot of people traded out James Roberts last week when he was injured. Um, I guess that was two two weeks, but really last week. So it's going to be certainly interesting. I think uh, it might be one of those things where you might have to actually splash out and get a decent center. Yeah, because there's not really any in that price range, is there? And like, you've got to go up um, quite a bit before you start getting to some good ones, unless you want to bloody bite the bullet and bring back Jed if you traded him out. <laughs> yeah, I actually don't hate that idea, if I'm being honest. If you can do it yeah. in one trade, if it's two trades, obviously you want to be getting somebody better. Uh, speaking of trades, 
and uh, wanting to get somebody better. Um, Kotrick didn't perform that well last week. We both brought him in. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, he was a, he was a little disappointing. I mean, he still had a, a bloody, uh, you know, a heap of run meters. I think he was over 180 run meters, which is, you know, he's just still huge for a center. He's just, he was missing those uh, tackle busts because normally he averages about uh, five to six tackle busts a game uh, throughout his career. He's, he's sort of averaged about that, but he only had one last week, so that really dragged mm-hmm. down his score and, I mean, it doesn't help when the Bulldogs can't put a single point on the Broncos. Like, I don't think there's any shame in not putting a point on the Panthers, but on the Broncos, my God. Yeah, no, they definitely should have been doing something. It sort of looked like his heart wasn't in it, and I really hope that's not a recurring trend. Yeah, I mean, I, I know you uh, you got reports that he was limping a bit. I saw that he apparently picked up a cork in the middle of the game, so maybe that's mm. uh, maybe that's an issue. Yeah, hopefully he works it out and he's okay for this week because they're definitely going to need him. But, uh, I mean, another guy on the opposite end of the spectrum, though, Adam Elliott, another really good game. Yeah, he's uh, he's killing it on the edge, isn't he? Uh, you know, he's averaging 64 through three, three rounds now. Um, yeah, you know, you're thinking keeper potential? Mate, well, when I highlighted him in the preseason, I didn't think that he was going to average this good. Uh, he seems to be getting like he's he's got one three and three of these turnover tackles, but you know he is sort of an effort guy, so that might actually be a staple for him. Uh, he's quite good defensively, dual position. He's pretty expensive though now. He's priced at fifty, so um, I mean, yeah, it's it's certainly like it's hard to look at somebody who hasn't ever been fantasy relevant and just decide that they're going to suddenly average sixty. Uh, I'd probably be inclined to look at other guys who have got a bit more history, but, I mean, I wouldn't stop anybody from buying him. I mean, he's not going to play Origin. He's got the dual position. He'd probably be a pretty handy guy to end up on your interchange for a front bow, back row cover later on. Yeah, for sure. You know, I think if you're buying him now, you want him to be a keeper. Um, you're buying him to be a keeper because, he, like like you said, he's priced at 50 Um yeah, but he also doesn't have that pedigree. So you've got to know that if you're, if you're doing this, you're taking a bit of a roll dice. I mean, it probably helps he plays for the Bulldogs, so he's going to have plenty of tackles each week. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe we're just uh, a little bit, um, you know, unadventurous. But, yeah, I wouldn't mm. talk anyone out of him either. Yeah, no, I guess if you don't have Kotrick, it gives you a reason to watch Bulldogs games. Uh, so, I mean, the other thing is for those that started with Kyle Flanagan, having Lachlan Lewis there is a big uh, problem for him. Yeah, absolutely. This put us, puts a big dent in his um, fantasy stocks. Um, but you said it gives you a reason to watch Bulldogs games. Do you really want a reason to watch Bulldogs games? <laughs> Sometimes I like having a reason to watch the bad games because I want to watch the good games. That's a good point. Yeah, that is a good yeah. point. Yeah. Um, yeah. I because I actually Kotrick's the only player I have in this game at the moment. Um, and on the other side of the ball with the Ravidos, is obviously a couple of really good options there. Latrell, more than likely gonna have a blinder here, you'd think. Uh, and Adam Reynolds, obviously, is coming in very well priced after the HIA in round two and the low score in round one against the Storm. Uh, Cookie, another low score. I mean, is. <laughs> We're not obviously, you know, there's a, a rule about not trading keepers, but, you know, we've got two scores for Cook out of three under 50 now. I mean, and then we got the huge, huge score that was what, like 90 odd. So, mm. yeah. Well, do you, is it just a case of that he's he's not making as many tackles? Because um, you know, they're, they're playing some weaker teams, like they had Manly, um, you know, the other week. And, 
And now the Bulldogs, I, I don't know, like, where? what's going on with Cook? Well, the two bad scores that he's had against is against the Storm and the Roosters. So okay. they, they won that game against the Roosters, and now they're going into Bulldogs, Broncos, Tigers, and then Titans and Raiders. But, you know, those three games there, he should really, those forward packs should win all three of those games pretty comfortably. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting looking at his stats. Like, he only had 38 tackles against the Roosters. Meanwhile, against Manly, he had 56. Mm. Um, but, yeah, and his running meters were way down against Melbourne and, and the Roosters. So, yeah, I mean, maybe against the Bulldogs because now that, you know, like you said, their pack's probably going to be rolling over the top of the Dogs like they did Manly. It's maybe going to, you know, free him up to run a little bit more like he did against Manly. I definitely wouldn't be selling, but, you know, just keep an eye on him. Hopefully he can get his game up to yeah, what prob- we expect. Probably avoid putting the C on him mm. uh, until further notice, I think, maybe. Um, mate, uh, you explained to me that Reynolds looked like he was really cheap. I've actually got him sitting right on the top of my buy list at the moment. Mm-hmm. Based on last year, his projection on the new rules is average 57. I think even if we, you know, we factor in that Marshall's there, he's going to come on, maybe do a little bit of stuff, uh, a 55 average. And still has him at about 100k worth of value proposition. Not to mention, oh, he's a keeper. He's not going to play state of origin. Uh, yeah, does yeah, the contract yeah. talks worry you at all? Oh, I mean, not really. If anything, you, don't you want to be getting a guy in his contract year? You know, because they, they're going to be looking to, uh, you know, put up a bit of value, show that the they're worth the money. Um, hmm. Yeah, I mean, we are getting what a 70k discount, 60 65k discount now on starting price. Um, yeah. He's, he's looking like a tempting option. Uh, I know he hasn't had that big score yet, but he was definitely on track for one against Manly. He had 41 in the first half before he before he came off and didn't finish the second half. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I can see why he's at the top of your buy list, and yeah, he, he definitely, he's definitely looking juicy. He's quite cheap. The only problem that I've got is I'm looking at my team and I've got Fogarty, Schuster, and Sam Walker and Brooks there already. I don't know if I can then, you know, I could go Brooks to Reynolds, but I'm sort of wanting to hold Brooks for the next couple of weeks and see where he goes because he's still averaging over 50. So I guess I just sort of need to really have a think about that over the next couple of days and, and whether because it's a 45K upgrade from book, from Brooks to Reynolds. I think that's probably five points a week. Mm. I mean, uh, the Rabbitohs, they've got what the Canterbury, Bulldogs, Tigers, Titans coming up in the next four. Like, yeah, I don't think it's... Yeah, unrealistic to think that Reynolds is going to average five plus points more than Brooks over that little span. Mm. I can. The other thing that I can afford, and I guess we'll, it'll get back to this later uh, with my cash down from Croker to Sam Walker, is I can afford to do Alvaro to Reynolds, which with that four forward Dragons bench is potentially something to look at as well, and maybe just hang on to Brooks and yeah, there's certainly some options floating around. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so I just yeah, I guess the, the big question for me is whether Reynolds is going to go back to that fifty-seven or not. That's sort of the, yeah. the question. I, mean, I don't think it's uh, it's unrealistic to think so. Like, I mean, he had fifty um, in seventy minutes against the Roosters. Um, you know, only thirty-nine against Melbourne, but really, like Melbourne were rolling in that first half, and it's not uh, unexpected for a half to do a little bit more poorly against the top side like Melbourne. And of course. And, and like we highlight, like I highlighted, you know, he had forty-one points in the first half against Manly with that softer schedule. I mean, and the Rabbitohs' attacking potential too. Could be anything. Mm. Uh, he might get twenty points in the goal kicking over the next couple of weeks, like oh, per week. Precisely. 
Yeah. Um, mate, uh, I guess, is there anyone else from the Rabbitohs that you want to touch on? Um, no, I don't think so. Uh, you know, Cole Matangi was all right last week, but... Nothing overly inspiring. Yeah, nothing over, overly inspiring. I, yeah, I think I think uh, I'm good to move on. Cool. All right. Um, on to Friday night. We got Storm and the Broncos. So Storm, welcome back, Pappenhausen. Uh, other than that, they are pretty much unchanged. Uh, so moving on to the Friday night game, uh, we got. Storm versus Broncos. Uh, welcome back, Pappenhausen, for the Storm in our unchanged side. I was a bit surprised to see Eisenhoek name there. I'm assuming there's going to be some shenanigans happening with the team list late with that edge spot. Um, but not that it's particularly fantasy relevant. Yeah, I mean, not a whole lot again going on fantasy-wise with the Storm. Great to have Pap back, thank Christ. Um, oh, it's probably bad bad news for Munster, I'd assume, because um, mm. yeah, we saw Munster finally have a big game last week. Uh, he definitely looked more involved, had the goal kicking as well. Um, yeah, otherwise, uh, well, what about uh, Christian Welch? What are, you, what are you thinking there for, for Welch owners? Yeah, I'm assuming that there's going to be a, a big list of questions in there about Welch. I think my opinion is if you got him, you probably just need to hold him for a couple more weeks and see what happens. The Broncos do play a lot through the middle, so can expect him to get a bit of work. Um, I mean, yeah, if you've got a better option, I could see a reason why you'd move him on, but I think uh, I don't think he's an urgent sell. Yeah, no, fair enough. I mean, he's still capable of pumping out a 50. Um, yeah, probably not one to urgently move on, but definitely one to start thinking about, uh, you know, some cash in the bank to potentially upgrade him. Yep, for sure. Uh, across the other side of the ball, the Broncos welcome back Payne Haas for the first game of the year. Matt Lodge also back from his hamstring injury. That sees Dearden and Bullymore drop off. Asiata comes back onto the bench. And uh, Turpin, God, looks like he's going to be uh, back to doing 80 minutes as usual. Yeah, I mean, no change. He played 80 minutes last week despite some initial panic from some people. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm a bit uh, confused as to why Brody Croft's still in the side, but I guess maybe Kevy didn't want to make too many changes after a win. Yeah, um, a big win too. Yeah, but I mean, against not, the Bulldogs against though. The like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and Craig, really Croft did not look great for the for the majority of that game. No. So, I mean, the thing with – it's a funny thing, actually, now that you bring up Croft – uh, for the last, like, four years, I've got him, like, every year thinking he was going to come good, and he finally – I finally avoided him this year, and he's decided to actually average over 50 this year now that nobody's got him. Yeah, I saw that. How I was like, how is Croft averaging 50? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I really don't know. Um, Asako's been pretty good as well. Yeah. He's, uh, he's averaging 50 as well. I guess he got a big score in the last game, though. We expect him to come back to earth probably in this one. Uh, testing new traditionally against Storm uh, backline players are in a void where possible. Yeah, I mean the the run for the for the Broncos now it's Melbourne, South, Penrith, Parra over the next four games. It's mm. a little bit of a murderer's row for anyone with Tessie New. Um, mm. Yeah, I, I definitely wouldn't want to be starting him for the next couple of weeks. That's for sure. Yeah, and I mean I did highlight him as or highlighted the Broncos' schedule as well, so we knew that they had a tough start to the year. So 
it's uh yeah i think it's more of a case of i think a lot of people are going to be boxed into playing him with the avarillo dropping but i would be strongly tempering expectations other than that, obviously, Jordan Rickey's doing really well. Probably need to make sure that you temper your expectations on him, though, as well. He's a 40, like low 40s guy. He's not going to be 46 to 77, I don't think, particularly in this game. We might see him have a rest potentially. But, you know, he's been – looks like he's been handling 80 pretty comfortably, so maybe not. Yeah, I mean, like we all – I expected preseason that he wouldn't be an 80, a regular 80-minute forward. Um, maybe now that the – the Broncos forward stocks are a little bit more, uh, you know, replenished with Lodge and Payne Haas back. Maybe now mm. we start to see a little bit of a, a rest because, like, they still do have that four forward bench there. Um, yeah. But, again, like a great cash cow if you've got him low break even. Uh, hopefully oh, yeah. it keeps going for, for owners. For sure. Um, I think that's probably it from this game. Yeah. Uh, one second. This one little lorikeet just won't shuck up. Oi. <laughs> You make it worse. Stop being a lorikeet, Dad. (laughs) You're making it worse. He's really angry at you. He's flown He's off into the, into some tree now. Hopefully, he shuts the fuck up. <laughs> He's gonna shit on your car later. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's get into your team, mate. Eh? So, uh, moving along to the next game, uh, we got the Titans and the Raiders on Saturday night. Uh, you didn't want to discuss that one, the one in the middle between these two, did you? What you didn't want to talk about uh, your beloved top four premiership contending Cowboys. Um, no, I don't think that's, uh, I don't think they're going to be in the top four. Uh, I guess we'll cover the game. So, uh, <laughs> Sharkies versus Cowboys or Sunshine Coast Stadium on Saturday afternoon, 4.30. Uh, so they've got Sione Katoa out with some sort of knee injury. I think it's a MCL four to six weeks. So Harati comes into the wing, uh, probably not going to be messing around with, with any sort of, Cash makers in the Sharks team in the back line, though, are you? No, I don't think so. I'm, I'm pretty sure Jesse Ramian's back shortly, so that'll probably be the end of Connor Tracy, even though he did go quite well um, at centre the other day. Really, the only one that one to seven um, that's any of any interest is Chad, but, I mean, you wouldn't be buying him now. He's, he's almost no. peaked. Yep, halfway to uh, making his money at least. Mm. And, uh, Teague Welton comes in on the edge for Nakori, suspended for two weeks, probably not long enough to be making any money, unfortunately. Uh, hopefully he comes back later on in the year and doesn't ruin his price for next year because uh, Nakori's off contract as well. Ooh, that's exciting. Yeah, that's a potential cash cow for next year to keep an eye on because, um, I mean, really, there's not much fantasy relevant going on in this Sharks uh, 17 currently. No, not really, no. Um, I guess we'll rip the Band-Aid off then and go across to the Cowboys. So the Cowboys have made a couple of changes here. So Toalungi keeps his spot on the wing, being one of the only bright spots from the Cowboys last week. Lemuelu comes in for Isan Masters. Ben Hampton's playing halfback. Uh, ben Condon and Shane Wright come into the edges. Hess drops to the bench uh, with... Clifford Masters being dropped 
and uh, I guess Hull is an 18. And also Griffin uh, Nimi, I don't know if that's how you pronounce his name, but he's uh, he's another middle forward as well. So it might be not surprising if Hess gets dropped out altogether for either Holler or, or Griffin come uh, come game day. Yeah, no, it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, I mean, I'm surprised Hess is in the 17 at all. He's lucky to be there. He hasn't been playing very well at all. Maybe um, that's Peyton's plan is to put him in the middle of the field where, where he can't avoid running the football. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, well, what do you... Uh, mate, well, I guess, I guess the... On the good side of this, uh, Jensen uh, has been a pretty decent cash maker, although he only got 25 last week. So he's probably uh, going to start uh, coming to the top of his price increases with Gilbert not far off. But Ben Condon's an interesting one. So he's 246K, played one game off the bench last year for 20-odd minutes. Uh, he is a 190-centimetre, 110-kilo back rower, runs the ball, tackles well, offload. Like he's a really good fantasy style back rower. I guess the question for me is, is he going to keep a spot? I mean, it can't do any worse than what Hess was doing. Um, I kind of am tempted to give him a crack. Um, maybe even something like give him a week, see what he looks like if he plays well and the Sharks managed to, uh, the Cowboys managed to do something and upset the Sharks, and he hold, he looks like he's going to hold the spot, maybe go Alvaro to him or something like that next week? Yeah, it, it looks um, a tempting option if he can hold that spot. Uh, from what you've told me, he seems like a, a bit of a jet. But, I mean, we'll see if the Cowboys can put it together. I mean, I mean you'd think even in the back row he'll be able to you know, make 30 to 40 tackles a game, and that'll be enough. Yeah. Um, it's just a matter of if he's going to get 80 minutes and if he can hold that spot. Um, but, I mean, there's not a whole lot of competition, is there? It's just Mitch Dunn and Cohen has to keep out. In the preseason, I'm pretty sure I said that I thought Ben Condon was the best back rower on the roster at the Cowboys. So uh, I'm glad that he's finally got a spot, and I'm really hoping that he can secure that spot because um, I'd really like to make some money and have a Cowboys player in my team. It's really depressing watching the Cowboys game, and I don't even have anyone to cheer on fantasy-wise. Aside from last week when I had Fafita and Fogarty rocketing me up the rankings. Uh, but outside of that, it's all pretty depressing. I know you were looking at uh, Valentine Holmes, though. Yeah, Val, I mean, we highlighted in preseason that if we, like, if he started a fullback round one, he would probably would have been in my team, honestly. Um, and I still think he's a, he's a buy now if you need a wing fullback. Um, he, he seems like someone that's going to go close to a 50 average. Luckily, he had his. Um, he had, a, he has had his score dragged down a little bit by SN Masters getting in the way of a try assist for him, mm. <laughs> which which sort of helped keep his price a bit lower. But he seems like a good option to me. It's just a matter of, like, how are you going to get him in? You know, like, I've got Pappy and Teddy and Dane Laurie's bloody averaging plenty. Um, yeah, it's just yeah. how do you get him in? And then he's going to play Origin on the wing most likely. Mm. I think it's probably more just a thing of situationally There's doesn't really make a lot of sense to buy him. Uh, I can't even think of anybody that's injured at the moment that sort of fits what, what like a situation where you'd want to get him. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's just, unfortunately, just team composition. It means I'm probably not going to be able to get him. But that said, like if you've got a, a, a real cheaped-out back three and you want someone that, um, you know, below 500K that's potentially going to average 50 and you wing fullback, he's one to look at. Um I mean, you know, we've got Tom Dejrojevic back next week as well, potentially. Mm-hmm. As, um, yeah, 
I, I don't know. He's, I'm probably not going to get him, but he's, he is a buy if you do need someone like that. Yeah. I guess I just don't really have the energy to complain about the Cowboys anymore. I'm, I'm kind of optimistic <laughs> a little bit about the fact that he's actually bothered to make changes and it wasn't just Jarvid Bowen coming in uh, to the centers. Did you see that uh, Tukey Simpkins had another really good game in Q Cup for uh, the West Tigers, though? Yeah, I, I did see that you were um, you were very happy about that. Oh, mate, yeah, I just love it. I love it when, you know, we've got a, a guy in a position that we need and we just let him go to another club to play reserve grade. Uh, it's, it's so fantastic. It's good management. Um, moving along to the Titans versus Raiders. So Titans have uh, 1-17 to after thrashing the Cowboys last week. Uh, Brian Kelly's in the extended bench, but probably no need to rush him back considering how well their centers are playing at the moment. Yeah, I don't I didn't think you'd ever I'd ever hear you compliment Patrick Herbert as playing well, but <laughs> here we are. Um <laughs> Is he I actually don't even notice him on the field, eh? He's yeah, me either, Titan, to be he's just a Titans jersey. So yeah, unfortunately, that probably means we're not getting Greg Marzu anytime soon. But oh well. Um, yeah, no Titans were huge against um, against the cows. David Fafita made a couple of them look like children. The way he was just running over everyone. Yeah. Um, yeah. Peachy, another good score. Tino, another average, not so good score. Bet, bet, better than he has been, though. He's uh, yeah. he's coming to the bottom of his price drops. I think Tino. I can see him ending up in the low fives. Yeah, well, that that 45 and 56 minutes is basically exactly what we projected for him mm. um, for the most part. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, what pro- I mean, we I think we spoke about this last week. I think you said he needs to have a four in front of him before you consider him a buy. Yeah, well, I guess the if we're using the criteria that he's going to increase by 10 points, then, you know, if we're looking at that, it probably needs to be well into the fours. Mm. There's just so many other good options, buy options around. You know, yeah. to, you know, you got guys like O'Sullivan who should probably average more than him, and they're 200k cheaper. Oh, last week you said uh, I asked you asked you this question, and you said to hold. What's what's your what's your answer this week if you're a Tino owner? Um, are you still holding? Are you jumping off? What are you thinking? <sighs> oh, I mean, look, you know, it depends what else you got. You know, say let's say you're looking at uh, a Croker or someone like that. You're cashing out that 130, 150k going into Sam Walker, and then is it is it that much? What's Croker anyway? 120k, uh, and then you're upgrading to your Tino. You know, you can almost get Josh Papali or someone like that at in the mid sixes at the moment. So it's probably worth upgrading him. Um, I mean, at prop, he seems to be a little bit more no nonsense. Uh, I don't. I, I'm a big advocate of usually like middles, middle, but I think maybe they were asking him to do a bit more uh, junky stuff. Whereas where Peachy was there, I feel like it, like his demerits went way down in this game. So he's just you know 180 run meters, 30 tackles, and he's still not really like no offloads, one tackle bust. You know, he's sort of not really doing a lot. Yeah, I mean, and he also had that big uh, that big line break as well that probably helped him get there. Mm. Um, I yeah, he's one of those guys though, like where he needs those attacking stats. Where if he's going to put up a big score, um, yeah, he hasn't scored a try yet. Yeah, I, I think I'm with you though. I, I think I'd be looking to upgrade him. Like, and if and if like um, 
if position doesn't matter, like say you've got plenty of mids, you know, like it's only a hundred k to Adam Reynolds at this point. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think I think I'm gonna shift it to yeah, just move him on, get somebody in that's fantasy relevant. Because I think at the moment Tino's game's not fantasy relevant the way he's playing. He needs to be doing more crab runs and stuff if he's going to be not scoring tries and he's just not playing that way, which is yeah. good. You know, he's no nonsense. Hit the ball up, hit the ball up, hit the ball up, quick like play the ball. It's great for footy, but it's not good for fantasy. On the other side of the ball, speaking of players that aren't good for fantasy, Bailey Simonson's been pretty quiet. Uh, Sebastian Chris goes back to centre after being knocked the hell out by Ryan James. And Hudson Young comes back into the team. Tom Starling stays on the bench with Havili. It's kind of an interesting Raiders side. I guess this means Havili's going to play definitely lock. And then I don't know what Starling's doing there. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's a situation like last week where, um, I mean, I know it was it was due to a lot of injuries, but, you know, maybe Josh Hodgson plays a little bit of lock and Starling plays a bit of hooker. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a bit of a tough rotation to work out, but. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm not really probably jumping out of my skin to, to buy anyone in in the, in this team. Uh, no, no, I'm the same. I think uh, Rapana is an interesting option if you're looking in for a center at the moment. So he's mm. been highlighted in our fantasy group by our Raiders guru as being a potential buy. Seems to be quite busy, but yeah. sort of not really. Outside of that, the Raiders aren't really that interesting to me. I mean, you've got Papali there who's really, really cheap compared to where he was. But, he's, you know, he's, we're sort of entering the time where it's like, oh, you know, we're going to be you know, coming into origin season in a couple of months. Like, you know, you're going to get seven or eight weeks and he's into his origin thing where, you know, we're starting to have players rested and, you know, and his average when he plays, he looks like his role's about 50 minutes. And, and mm. between 45 and 55, his average is about 52. So he does represent some value. It's probably only 50 grand at the moment, though, or something like that. So sort of four to five points of value. Yeah, it's, it's probably not worth the headache, is it? No. Um, no. At yeah. 55 to 60 minutes, he's definitely worth the headache. But at 50 oh, minutes, sure. he's sort of not really. So. Yeah, and um, old Bailey over there, um, mm. what are you thinking? He hasn't really kicked on. I mean, I, I noticed against the Warriors, uh, the Raiders just seem to always go left, don't they? And, um, you know, like we knew for a guy like Bailey that he needed tries, like if his prize was going to kick on. And unfortunately, we're three weeks in. He hasn't got one yet. Um, and, like, really, like 27 points from a winger, he doesn't score a try. Like, is it terrible? It's just that he's no. not going to kick his prize on until he gets those tries. Um and just with the the amount the Raiders go left, it's probably what's making Rapana fantasy relevant again. Is just they just constantly mm. attack down the left. Yeah, well, I mean, you got Bullhog Whiten out there and Bullhog Croker out there. I'm surprised mm. Rapana even manages to see the ball, but he does. And I guess the thing with Simonson is we knew that he was going to be a slow burner. Wingers on the wingers, any type of winger typically is a, a low scorer. You know, we and we do we're waiting for those spike games. He's going to sneak a couple in it could happen at any time you know you can score a try against a good team or a bad team and essentially what you're looking for is just a a good option to trade him out to rather than just oh i've got to get rid of him you know like uh if you don't if you if you have simonson and you have cover and your wing fullback and you have no better options 
Simmons and Walker obviously is is a good deal trading a winger to a halfback and pocketing thirty grand or whatever. But I just I'm sort of I'm just happy to let him sit there and slow burn his way up to my projection for him, which you know is three hundred and twenty three hundred thirty k, and you know I'll take my take my hundred k and run. Yeah, no, no, fair enough. Um, like currently I've got. Simonson to Walker this week just because like there's no one really else in my team that's peaked like you could think about moving on Alvaro but his break even still 13 you know like that can wait mm-hmm. a couple of weeks um, and I just don't really see anyone else that's a that's an urgent um, trade like no one really close to their to their break even so I mean yeah if you've got no one else to move on like I'd you know like because you can't sit around forever waiting for Bailey to eventually score a try I guess but yeah, like only making 9K in three weeks is a bit disappointing. Yeah, it's certainly alarming uh, and disappointing. So it'll be interesting to see sort of where that ends up. I'll, I'm probably just going to let him sit there and, and mull for now. But, yeah, like you said, if you've got no better options, he's certainly someone that you could trade and I wouldn't have a problem with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on to the Sunday first game, Knights versus Dragons. So Ponga still waiting a couple more weeks for him. We see Stafford Toll back, though, with... The king of the drop ball, Shibasaki, moving into the centres. Oh, man, he was dreadful, wasn't he? Yeah, he wasn't great. I'm surprised to see him in the team. Um, like I know Dominic Young. You know, he's a young fellow. Like he he dropped a couple of balls <laughs> himself in the in the last ten minutes. Um, mm. <laughs> do you like that pun? Young fella. <laughs> yep. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I thought he was pretty pretty good for the first you know sixty uh, odd minutes of that game, but. I guess uh, Shibasaki doesn't have to be under the high ball this week now that he's in the centres instead of the wings, so maybe he'll go yeah. a bit better. Yeah, no, I, uh, yeah, I, I think I was surprised to see that Shibasaki, but it makes sense. Uh, outside of that, obviously, not that any of that's fantasy relevant. Uh, Pierce is still scoring pretty well. He got a try, though, a bit lucky. Um, I, I think this could be an ambush game from the Dragons, eh? Ooh, you feel feeling uh, the Dragons might roll over the top of them here? Yeah, just the the forwards and the outside backs. I know uh, Bird's out, but he's that's not really a change. But I mean, this Knights outside backs is really doesn't give me a lot of confidence, uh, even up to the number six. Oh, Kurt Mann was quite good last year, but you know, like they're sort of not really firing. Their strength is in their forward pack, and I guess they've lost. I thought they lost Jacob Saifidi, but apparently he's playing. Uh, I can't help but think that he's going to drop out. And I will see the late Suaso Suda, Connor Watson switch, which everyone was panicking about for no good reason. Uh, Clem is just chugging along doing Clemmer stuff. And uh, Jaden Braley, Braley's obviously uh, lighting the world on fire. Yeah, Braley's looking like a keeper. Like we only had him projected for what, like high 40s, low 50s. And he's yeah. just he's exceeding our expectations. Like if he keeps this up, he's he's reaching keeper territory. Yeah, not um, even. I, I think I had him at 42 or something. So maybe to yeah, 45. Wow. So. Yeah, no, he's been absolutely amazing. I uh, couldn't, I, I honestly can't believe that he's doing what he's doing, but it's awesome. And I'm, I'm not in a, I'm not looking forward to the regression, uh, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it'll come at some point. So, I guess we'll, uh, we'll have to see what happens there. Uh, obviously, Ben Hunt's out though, which is unfortunate for anybody that decided to pick him up after a couple of good scores because he actually was looking really good. Probably the best that I've seen him since 20, 2015 at the Broncos. Yeah, he was playing great. Um, finally, uh, was <laughs> had got himself back in form, and then, yeah, unfortunately, struck down with this leg injury. Um, 
I guess the advice here is don't buy Adam Clune. Yes. Um, I did actually have a look at Corey Norman this afternoon, though. Oh. He, he averages in the mid-50s when he kicks at least 200 metres a game, uh, and he tends to play a lot better fantasy-wise when he's the dominant half. So, I mean, curious to see if uh, if Normie turns up, but he's already mid-600s, so certainly not going to be messing around with that. Uh, also, Braden Wilham, he's really cheap, but Bird's only going to be out short term. Don't buy him. Uh, yeah. Somebody that you can buy those, Andrew McCulloch. Oh, yes. Yes. Um, old Macker, he's killing it, isn't he? He's actually in quite good form. Like, he seems to um, have carried over his form last year with the Knights because, you know, he, it seemed like he'd regressed a, a bit when he was uh, coming to the end of his spell with the Broncos and um, had finally actually gotten into the Queensland team. He actually wasn't really playing that well. And then Last year with the Knights, he, he really started to kick on. And again, this year with the Dragons, it seems like he's continuing that. And um, yeah, averaging 63, which is around where we had him. Um, yeah, he, he's mm. looking like a, like a keeper. Yeah. Yeah, he's been absolutely fantastic. I'm really disappointed that I wasn't able to fit him in. I guess I got Fogarty instead. So I'm not like too upset about it. But, mm. you know, I definitely, uh, definitely would love to fit McCulloch in if I can. Um, this bench, though, and forward pack is just absolutely terrible for Alvaro and maybe yeah. even Fuimano as well because it looks like Fuimano is the, uh, the utility now. Yeah. Um, I mean, Jackson Ford there, do you think maybe maybe he spells Josh Kerr or something or maybe like they do the Panthers sort of thing where they rotate the, the back, you know, those back rowers? Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to really say what's going to churn out here. Um, it makes me wish for Ben Hunt back, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I guess the other thing is uh, obviously next week I'm expecting that uh, it'll go back to normal, but just it might really put a damper on Alvaro. I mean, he only needs 30 minutes to score 30 points, which will keep his price moving, but it's just a bit of a worry. I'd probably be trying to avoid having Alvaro in my scoring side if I could. Yeah, probably probably a good call. I think I've got him in the loop slot at the moment. So, mm. yeah, he, he doesn't he doesn't fill me with confidence with this bench. But like that said, like Farmacilli has been playing stuff all minutes this year. Like we thought he was potentially going to be a starter back in February, but he's barely getting twenty minutes a game currently. Um, yeah, I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully we get lucky and Alvaro can get that PPM up. Yeah, I think just maybe he didn't really need to do a lot of tackling last week, whereas the Knights play a lot through the middle, so I'm expecting there to be a lot of tackling for him to do in this one. I think he should get that PPM up. I'm just worried about the minutes. I'm fine with him as a number 18. I'd be trying to avoid playing him if I can, though. Yeah. Uh, Moving on to the next one, which is the Roosters versus Warriors at the SCG. Uh, So, obviously, we've got the news with Kiri about the ACL injury, which makes Sam Walker come into the team at number seven. Obviously, also Lachlan Lamb's out with Drew Hutchinson being named at number six. We have Isaac Liu playing at prop with Lindsay Collins out injured. Radley comes into the team at lock, replacing Liu, who's moved to prop. We've got Ikevalu on the bench, but I can't help but think that maybe that's a uh, smokescreen potentially for uh, Suwali to be coming in on game day. Ooh, interesting. Um, yeah, it's it's an interesting bench. Like my first sort of thought was, um, like I don't think Robbo wants Freddie Lusick playing eighty minutes. So my first thought of thought there was maybe Ikevalu, uh comes on, Joey Manu goes to five eight, and Drew Hutchinson goes to hooker or something like that. Um, 
my money would be on Radley to nine and oh, Butcher yeah. in, into lock would be where I'd be putting my money. Mm, yeah, that's a, that's a good shout as well. Um, yeah, that might even bring Egan Butcher onto the bench instead of Ikevala as well, but they sort of need it. And it's not like Takiyahu can't play the whole game. Leo can play big minutes. Radley can play big minutes. Obviously, both are back rowers play 80. So I think the big thing with having Radley there is he takes a bit of pressure off the halves because he is such a ball-playing guy. I actually think this benefits him, the Kiri injury, uh, because it, they're going to be relying on him a bit more. Yeah, for sure. Um, he, he's looking like a, a good potential prospect. Um, do you reckon just wait a week on him, see how he goes, see what type of minutes he's playing, or would yeah, you be I'd, getting him in this week? I'd really like to see Verrills or Friend back so I can know that he's going to be the lock mm. first because um, he does score much better at lock than he does at hooker. I'm curious. Yeah, I think he can wait a week. Uh, I wouldn't rush him in. But also, like... <sighs> I, if you want to have a crack, I don't necessarily think it's the worst idea either. So I or I do think this is really good for Takiyaho though. Oh, for sure. Um, like this bench with the lack of lack of forward depth here, it seems like he's uh, he's in for some big minutes. Like we saw last week, he played, what, the first 60 straight before he tried to go mm. off but then got dragged back on because of a HIA <laughs> a minute later. Yeah, uh, and I mean the Warriors do play a lot through the middle as well, so I think this is going to be good for him. I certainly wouldn't be. I've seen a couple of people suggesting trading him to Cleary. I'd, I'd be really looking for another option to to other than that, given this looking of this team. Yeah, um, like I, I, I think I spoke to you yesterday that I've got some future concerns for Takiyaho, but I've got oh, yeah. none, I've got none in the short term. In short term, he is a go, but um, yeah, just try and just take your 50 plus scores hopefully he can bang mm. out another 60 this week play in you know play 65 minutes or so um yeah it, it looks great for Takiyaho. yeah also really like angus in this matchup so part of this is uh marcello montoya coming in for the injured peter hiku and i think that's going to put angus out on that edge with fusatur and montoya defensively and uh i just I have concerns for their safety. <laughs> do, you, do you reckon they need a restraining order or something to keep uh, Angus away? Honestly, I'm I'm strongly I'm actually strongly considering putting the C on Tedesco this week, but I Ooh. think I'm going to go with a safe floor and put it on Angus because you know I don't want to cop a 27 from Teddy or something like that. But um, yeah, that given what we saw from the Warriors last week prior to the Raiders just collapsing due to fatigue with no one on the bench. Um, They were just not looking really good and they were leaking points like a sieve. And I'll just, yeah, I have concerns for their safety with Angus Crichton there, particularly with no Kiri. I think that it's going to need to come back to playing to the guys like Angus and Teddy and Radley that can create for themselves a little bit. And I think that it's only going to benefit him. It'll be interesting to see as well where or which side of the field Hutchinson and Walker play on. I know uh, in round one in the, for the North Sydney Bears, Hutchinson played on the right and Walker played on the left. Um, yeah. and, and in the trial as well, Lamb was on the left and Hutchinson was on the right. So was maybe, you know, hopefully Sam Walker's playing on the left and that and that benefits Angus as well. Mate, if that, le- if that left edge is... <laughs> is um, was that... Josh Morris and Tupo with uh, Crichton. That's going to be really good for Crichton, I think, and and Lamb. So, yeah, I'm uh, 
I'm, I'm really excited. I think I'm going to put the C on Crichton this week, and I'm hoping that people get a little bit scared off with Cleary um, coming back. They put the C on him, and and he might be a little bit of a pod captain, I think. Yes, and um, and your man Sam Walker here. Uh, I think every everyone and their dog is going to be on Walker this week. Yeah, we, we've had a couple of questions about whether or not he's urgent, whether we should wait a week, blah, blah, blah. I think I don't – as much as a player can't be – as much as a, a, a rookie isn't a risk, this guy's not a risk. Like, you know, you, there's always an element of risk with a player, but just the, the, the combination of the wraps on him, the team that he's playing for – um, he's going to have a bodyguard there with Angus. I think he's. I think he'll be fine, and and I can't see any reason not to get him this week. Yeah, and like the fact that he's he's cheaper than every other cash cow as well. Like he's two hundred twenty eight k versus you know all the other guys are around that two fifty mark. Uh, he comes in with a break of about only seventeen. Like I, I have a hard time believing that he's not going to average at least forty, let alone thirty. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think even just between the kicking and the defense, he should be thirty. And, yeah. and you, you know, you can even Lamb wasn't playing that well, and he stumbled his way into a mid thirties average. Yeah, exactly. And and it's important to keep in mind as well that Walker in reserve grade for the we've only we've only got three a three game sample size, but for his three game for the Bears this year, that he was the dominant in play kicker, um, and he had three times the amount of kick meters that Drew Hutchinson had when they played together in round one. Okay. So I think that's that's important to keep in keep in mind as well. And yeah, uh, he's also he was also the goal kicker for the Bears. So maybe he picks up a few points when Takiyaho goes off the field too. Or full stop. Yeah, maybe full stop. He's the goal kick, goal kicker. I've actually I've got him in my starting seventeen this week. That's how confident I am. So yeah, um, playing him over Alvaro. On the other side of the ball, O'Sullivan obviously looked really good as well last week. Albeit he seemed to be scoring pretty well. Even in the first half, though, even when the, they were losing, so I guess he's the base stat guy with the kicking and and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think when we spoke last week, I sort of had O'Sullivan down as a buy. Like I, I didn't have that much difference between O'Sullivan and Schuster. Obviously, Schuster kicked on pretty incredibly, played really well, but so did O'Sullivan. Um, and he only had uh, what two hundred and eleven kick meters, which. Uh, which is not that much more than Nicarima, really. There wasn't that many kick meters in this game, though. It was very, I think, because of the Raiders' fatigue, it was very up and down the field. There was a lot of uh, a lot run of running meters. meters. Yeah, because he had 111 run meters, which is quite high for a half. Um, but yeah, no, he, he looks a he looks a good cash cow. If you're in need of someone that's below 350k, um, yeah, it's it's just a matter of how many halves can you have in your team. Like if you've got Walker, mm-hmm. Schuster, two guys starting as well, do you want five halves? Yeah, I I definitely think given the option between the two, I'd probably just spend the extra 120k less. Sorry, I'd spend the 120k less and go Walker over O'Sullivan. Yeah, I think I'd agree. I sort of don't really see any benefit to spending the 120k more at yeah. this point. Because I mean, like O'Sullivan, we know he's got job security because uh, Harris defeat has gone for ages. Um, Walker, I mean, really, all he's got to do because, like, Lamb, he's out for about six weeks. Adam Kieran's back in round seven, so all he's got to do is beat out Adam Kieran for the next, you know, five weeks, and he's going to make plenty of money. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I think Walker's a, a no-brainer for me. Yeah, I'll actually be surprised if Walker's not the the number seven in round twenty-five. Yeah, same here. Same here. To be honest, like I think the comp for him is sort of um, like thinking rookie seasons in recent years. Probably Nathan, Nathan Cleary. Cleary. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, I remember that. I got Nathan Cleary bottom dollar. 
after listening to some people rant about him and I was like, oh, this guy sounds like he's pretty good. I'll grab him. And I had no idea what I was doing. And I was like, wow, this guy's good. Are all the cash cows going to be like this? And they weren't. <laughs> he was um, a good one. Yeah, no, he was awesome. So, yeah, no, definitely I think get him in. I'm comfortable with him being in my scoring 17. I wouldn't uh, hesitate to bring him in. On the Warriors side of the ball, uh, Torhu Harris doing Torhu Harris stuff outside of that. Not really that much happening. Oh, RTS came back in a big way, but uh, can't help but think some of that might have been due to the inflated running meters and attacking stats from uh, the Raiders just being pooped as well. Yeah, I mean, it was great to see RTS back, uh, you know, when he's got – when he's got that, um, you know, ball in hand and a tied forward pack uh, to run at, what he can do. And he had that amazing try saver as well. That was just, mm. yeah, it was just a great uh, footballing spectacle to see Roger at his very best. Yeah. Yeah. And no, I, uh, I don't think I'm going to have any worries in my team for most of the year until I get Tohu Harris, unfortunately. But uh, definitely, yeah, like I can see why somebody would get O'Sullivan, but yeah, not for me. Moving along to the last game of the round which we have to wait for a whole extra day before lockout's going to be over thanks to this, uh, which is the West Tigers and the Parramatta Eels. Obviously, West Tigers, after their win, looking to make as little changes as possible. So they are 1-17. to Uh, Eels welcome back Ryan Madison. Also, obviously, they've got Moses playing after the HIA from the other day. Uh, They're sort of as per program. Uh, Thoughts on this kind of this game? Yeah, you know, my thoughts are I can't believe I've got to wait till bloody Tuesday for Lockhead to end. That's uh, <laughs> that's, my, <laughs> that's my main that's my main uh, disappointment right there. But I mean, I don't know. I guess it's good to have forty five days a week. It's extra day a week. But um, yeah, no, uh, Tigers. Dane Laurie doing just ridiculously. I, I don't think anyone expected him. I mean, we knew he was going to be a, a, like a good player, but I don't think anyone expected him to be near a fifty average. Jimmy the Jet bounced back at a what yeah. a thirty eight. Yeah. yeah, without a try, that's a good sign for anybody that's looking at him. So I guess the uh, the big thing for uh, the Tigers is the question around the halves with those of us that have Luke Brooks. Yeah, it seems like uh, they're really splitting the kick meters, aren't they, between Dewey and Brooks. Um, yeah, like I said last week, uh, Dewey's taken over the goal kicking again. Uh, well, what are you thinking? Because I know you are a Brooks owner, and we've got a few uh, few others in our group that are Brooks owners. Are you? I know you're thinking of holding. Is is that what you'd recommend to others? Hold on to him. Yeah, mate. What I'm really holding on for is the Cowboys in round five. I just want to give him this week and next week. But in saying that, the temptation to spend 45k and go up to Reynolds is there. The other thing is as well, though, we've got Moses with a break-even of 77 and Madison with a break-even of 80 on the other side of the ball. I can look at something like cashing down because I've got almost 300K sitting in the bank at the moment, maybe like waiting a week in Brooks, seeing what happens, and then going up to Moses or up to Madison, considering how many halves there are in a week or two. Yeah. No, no that's a good point. Um, what, you'd have, what do you have Moses projected for about five points more than Reynolds on average? Um, I've got Moses for probably 60 and Reynolds for 55 to 57. So, yeah, three to five points. But I just think um, the big thing with Moses, I don't have a lot of guys that play that first buy and Moses plays the first buy. So I'm 
am sort of keeping that in mind and that extra five points might help as long as the cash sort of lets me do it. But once again, I can go Alvaro straight up as well and I might just roll with uh, 27 halves in my team. So, yeah, no, I, 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 I'll, I'm, whatever I say on this podcast, I'll probably do the opposite judging by my history recently. So I think I'll probably just um, sort of wait and see how I feel come sort of Friday and, and whether or not I want to make that move with Brooks to Reynolds or, and then how drunk I get on Monday, I might make the move. <laughs> no, I won't be doing Brooks to Moses with a 77B, but yeah, no, it's definitely, um, I guess I've sort of got to have a think about it because I really would like to save a trade if I can. Yeah. So I know one of my really bad habits is I churn through trades at the start of the year and then I'll hit origin time where I actually want to be making trades to move up the ranks and I've been burning through them. So I'm kind of tempted to save them given that like a lot of these guys here, like most of my cash cows aren't really that close to ripening. So, I mean, I know there's been a fair bit of talk about Little as well. Here's the other point is... Uh, is Jacob Little somebody that is going to be able to be held on to past the next two rounds or not, uh, which I know you've got some sort of ideas around as well. So Yeah, I mean, I think Little is a is, is an easy hold for the next two weeks at least. Because, um, I mean, if, if, if Little scores 35 for the next two weeks, that's when he'll start to level out in terms of his break-even. Um, I know you're waiting as well, like you said about Brooks waiting for the Cowboys game. The Cowboys do have a fairly soft and lazy middle um, at times. So, and Jacob Little is a try scoring hooker. So, I mean, there's definitely definite opportunity for Little to boost his break even and you know continue price rises if he can jack a try, jack some attacking stats, something like that. Um, that said, if he scores two thirty fives in the next two weeks, doesn't really have too many attacking stats, keeps up with the millions of missed tackles that he's been racking up recently. I think I'd be looking to move it on, but mm. I definitely wouldn't be trading in this week. Yeah. I think if I play my cards right with the cash that I've got in the bank and the couple of guys that are available. So let's say Brooks, Little and Alvaro plus the 300K that I've got sitting there. I think I can wind up with Madison, a cash cow and either Reynolds or Moses. Yeah. Um. So if I do Reynolds, then I'll definitely be able to do that. Um, so I worked out I'm like 50K short of just going little straight up to Madison at the moment. So by the time he drops from that 80 break, even assuming he's going to actually drop money and little makes another 20 or 30K over the next couple of weeks, maybe even a little bit more than that. Uh, and then Alvaro gets one more week, cash him down, upgrade Brooks, and then, you know, and then I, after that Cowboys game where I can get a little nice little boost at the end, I can turn Little and Brooks into to Moses and Madison maybe. Yeah, and, you know, important to keep in mind, hopefully it's only about three weeks until we get Sean Ball back as well and Luke Garner's riding the pine. Um, that'd that'd yeah. be nice as well. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, there's all those options there. It's just a matter of am I, you know, that, that trade from Brooks to Reynolds, is that actually going to – Net me any points this week, it probably will with their matchups. So that's something to keep in mind as well. Brooks has only got one score over 50 this year. Mind you, Reynolds, I don't think, has any. Or oh, he's got 150. But he's, you know, he's going into a pretty easy matchup. So, yeah, I'll see how I feel. I, I've got a funny feeling now that I'm talking about it, I probably will end up trading Brooks to Reynolds. But I, I don't know. Um, I'll, I guess I'll see how I feel. 
Uh, on the eel side of the ball, obviously, we spoke about the two guys there with the the high break evens in Moses and Madison. And I guess uh, Isaiah Papali'i goes back to the bench, but it's not necessarily something that we're too worried about at the moment, though, either. No, I don't think that's going to affect um, his scoring too much. Uh, I think it'll be the same role that we saw pre uh, his start at second row last year where he's playing you know 50 odd minutes off the bench and probably going at a, at a huge break even the way he he's uh, he's been playing recently um yeah Moses and Madison definitely on the watch list once their break even start to level out I think Moses will probably get around like that 720k sort of mark um, which puts it what like about a 60k discount on starting which is quite nice yeah yeah I think he's probably worth mid eights so uh, I think he's already got about a hundred worth of value at the moment, but I think we can squeeze some more out mm, of it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, mate. But though, while we are on the eels, um, I don't know if you know this, but uh, Junior Paulo doesn't actually score a try every single game. Really? Yeah, and when he doesn't, see, like he only got thirty nine this week in forty seven minutes. Mm. Yeah, that's 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 unfortunate, so, isn't it? Yeah, so obviously, as we sort of highlighted, everybody was uh, getting really excited about Junior Paulo playing big minutes. He only played 47 minutes, though, even in a game where they lost Moses to a HIA uh, in a close game as well. I think it was close, it was close for it? the first, like, 60 minutes, but then the Eels scored, like, four tries in the last, like, 15 minutes or something like yeah. that. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, so, I mean, uh, that's something to keep in mind. I don't think Paulo's a, a buyer, so hopefully you avoided jumping on that. Uh, and Reed Marnie also doesn't score 70, 80, 100 points a week either, which is shocking. Yeah. I know. Um, so he came back to earth with a 53, which is still not bad. No, I mean, it's... But, you know, considering that a lot of people were investing 800K in him, a 53 is a lot more like what we expect to see from him. Yeah, that's a bit of a regression to his median score, I guess you could say. Like that's about what we expect from him the majority of the time is that low 50 sort of scoring. Yeah, uh, hopefully no one shelled out the 800K. That said, if you started with him, you're still probably happy. <laughs> uh, yeah, oh, yeah, no, no yeah. doubt, yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's pretty much it. We might just dive into some um, questions through. Yeah, hey? let's do it. All right, so we got uh, Croker to Sam Walker this week or wait a week. Uh, I think we're probably happy for you to just pull the trigger on that, yeah, I'd, I'd say. I'd pull the trigger if uh, if it was me. What's the urgency of getting Schuster in the team? Specifically, would you trade out Spencer Lenu to get him? I mean, if it, it's this week or never for Schuster, isn't it? Um, if, if, you, if you're not getting on, uh, he's going to go up another – if he scores 50 this week, he goes up another 70K, and then you're into the – like around 430. Um, what's what's Lenu's break here? Let me have a take. Quick look. Uh, he's three sixty six k break even at thirteen. Like, I mean, Lenyu still got he's still got money to make. Um, Lenyu, but that said, it's probably it's probably yeah. not as much as Schuster. Yeah, no, I think if I I find it hard to believe that that's your only option, mm. but if it is, then that's okay. Uh, I, I'd pull the trigger as long as it, that was your only option. Yeah, if if you have got the most miraculous team and that's your your Lenyu's your worst <laughs> your worst performing cash cow so far, then pull the trigger because uh, <laughs> you're you're beating all of us. Yeah, yeah. We actually had somebody send us a message. Uh, he's been messaging us on our socials asking for help, and he sent me his team and his ranks 112. <laughs> It's like, mate, you don't need our help. You're fine. You, you're good. You know, don't, you know, you know what you're doing. 
Yeah, there's a couple of people like that. They, they beat me like the last two years and they message me every week without fail asking me for advice. I'm like, hey, mate, you know what you're doing. Like, mate, I've, I've been doing you, that for the last four years. I beat you every year. <laughs> Keep asking you for advice. Yeah, so you, yeah but you don't know yeah, what you're exactly doing. exactly right. I'm an amateur after all. <laughs> exactly right. Um, mate, speaking of amateurs, uh, Adam Elliott, is he a cut price keeper? Yeah, I mean, we spoke about him earlier. Yeah. It really. I think the cut price might be the operative word here. I don't think he's a cut price keeper. I think you're buying him to be a keeper. Mm. <laughs> he's uh, he's he's almost he's priced at fifty points. Now. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, if you think he can keep up what he's been doing, uh, pull the trigger. Um, I, I just don't have the faith in him to be honest. I just I just don't think he's in the same sort of quality as Angus or you know, Frizzell, that he can keep up these 70 and 66 sort of scores. Um, but, yeah. yeah. If, if it was me, if it was me without seeing the team, I would suggest to you that you should not bring Elliot in and whoever you're waiting to upgrade, wait for two more weeks and then get Ryan Madison for about the same price. Yeah, that's solid advice. Uh, do we get Dugan or Momorowski? Basically the same price, less ownership for Dugan playing the Cowboys this week. But Momo looks safer with scores and injuries. I think you answered your own question. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, like Dugan, he, he scored 32 with a try in, in round two, 31 last week against Para. Uh, I, I'd be jumping on Momorowski and uh, like just with the attacking prowess of the of the Panthers, and he doesn't seem like he's in too much danger of losing his job. Yeah, I'm going to tell you the uh, the parable of Tyson Jonas, mm. Daniel. Um, so Tyson's our friend. He was number one overall for a couple of weeks. He was on our draft podcast as well. This is a few years ago now, um, and his big move as a pod was he was going to get Josh Dugan for his centre. And he also brought in Ryan Madison the same week when he used to play for the Roosters. Um, both of them got injured in the first 10 minutes and he dropped about a 1,000 ranks that week. So um, don't buy Josh Dugan. I, actually, I think it's worse than that. I think one of them got injured in the first 10 minutes and the other one was a late withdrawal, but he was locked into the locked into the oh, trade. Yes, that's what it was. You're right. They didn't even play and he had no AE for him either. Oh, God. Yeah, so, yeah, don't buy Josh Dugan. Get Momorowski. Um, do we trade Taukiaho or Murray to Haas or wait? Uh, wait? Wait, yeah. Haas is probably going to go backwards in price. I mean, we know his minutes are going to go backwards, so you'd assume that his average is going to go backwards um, over the next few weeks as well. Um, yeah, mm. I'd, I'd definitely be waiting on those. Yeah, I don't I don't think he's going to drop mm. a lot. Um, anything with an eight in front of it for Haas is going to be really, really good value. Um, I'll be looking to get him if he's 50K less than what he is now. But uh, Takiyaho and Murray both clear holds, particularly with the really good bench for Takiyaho and the really good game, like the matchup for Murray attacking-wise. Wouldn't be surprised to see him get a meat pie this week. Uh, trading Lamb for Walker, good decision, yes. Pull the trigger. Yep. Uh, if I do Kiri to Walker, what do I do with the 540K looking to drop Avarillo, Little, or Oda? Um, I think at that point I'd almost just go uh, Kiri up to Reynolds if I could, and maybe look at one of going those other, one of those other guys to to Walker or something. Yeah, I think it's sort of much of a muchness there, I guess. But yeah, good point. Um, I would suggest maybe looking at Leoda. Uh, obviously, he's been a bit disappointing, 
Avarillo is not going to drop any price, so you can just hang on to him for a week. I'm looking at moving Leota to a guy who's a value, and you don't need to spend all that money in one hit. You know, if you're looking for a half, obviously you've got Reynolds there. Um, if you're looking for a, a mid, I mean, you could even have a look at, you could have a, a, a little bit of a nibble on Victor Radley if you're feeling, uh, if you're feeling gambly. I would suggest that you just spend that money buying a keeper. Um, I don't think you need to go all the way up to someone super-duper expensive. Uh, Nathan Brown's interesting at the moment, priced at about 50 points, but I think maybe he's got even a little bit of money to drop still yet. Um, yeah, I'd probably look at Reynolds or um, or, or just wait wait a couple of weeks for uh, Moses or, you know, who knows. Yeah, it's sort of a hard question. I definitely think uh, get a keeper in though. Yeah, for sure. If you can, if you could get a you know a keeper or a, uh, a cash cow or you know one of those mid rangers like you suggested, like Radley, if you wanted to take a punt. But yeah, I'd definitely be looking to upgrade Kiri to a keeper half. Yep. Um, yeah. So I guess maybe what we're saying is Kiri to a keeper half and Leo cash Leota or, out might be the way Even to if go. you wanted to get um, a keeper in a different position and go Leota to Walker and play Walker in your halves, like I don't think that's a terrible option. Yep. Well, most teams are going to have Schuster, Walker, and someone yeah. else. So, you know, yeah, I'd say just roll with that. Maybe get a, yeah, get a keeper somewhere else. You could have a flyer on Josh Papali, even if you want to get somebody a little bit fun or, yeah, who knows. World's your oyster, Joe. <laughs> Is Neocore an option potentially getting sent to dual position? Oh, uh, I'd, I'd lean no unless he – like if he gets that dual position and then he starts um, starts starting in a different position, I'd definitely look at Neocore. Um, but while he's in the centres, I don't think I'd be touching him. Yeah, I think with a centre player, what you really want is someone with a really high ceiling. Mm-hmm. Like you want somebody that can bust out 90 points in a given week. And like if they get 20, it doesn't matter because everybody else has got centres that get 20. Um, New Corey is more of a sort of slow and steady wins the race guy, which I don't mind. Maybe more of a somebody to get late season. I just, yeah, and there's no guarantee that he's going to hold on to the spot. I know he's been really good and Walker Blake's not that good. But, yeah, it's, um, I don't know. Yeah, I'd probably lean no. I'd probably look yeah. for somebody with a higher ceiling. <laughs> What's in the price price bracket? I mean, he's been scoring, scoring really well though. Like, like he had a forty-seven and a sixty-six. It's just like, can he keep that up? Or, or... Mm. Yeah, is he going to get one hundred and ninety meters, six tackle busts, and twenty tackles a week in the Probably centers? Probably not. <laughs> no, mind you, they're rolling into Tigers, Dragons, Broncos, Bulldogs over the next five oh, weeks. Oh God, maybe he can. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, maybe I should just get Madison this week. Or Moses. Oh, gosh. No, don't talk to me about that. Stop, stop it, Ryan. Stop it. Um, yeah, no, I think I think maybe I'd lean towards a, a genuine centre, Momorowski, Kotrick, or, um, you know, one of these types of guys. What about even like a Dane Gagai? He's been going quite well this year. Origin, Origin Gagai's been activated this season. Well, it's funny that you bring up Gagai, actually, because it relates specifically to this. The other point is there was literally just an article before we started recording about Gagai potentially being offered to the Eels. Oh, wow. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, about to keep Reynolds' contract, potentially Gagai leaving. So, yes, something to keep an eye on. Maybe it's not till next year. I don't know. I didn't read the article in fairness. But, um, yeah, no, this I'd probably stick with a genuine centre, I think. For the ceiling, uh, Croker and Welch to Walker and McCulloch. I love yeah, it. I, I don't don't mind that at all, really. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd probably pull the trigger on that. 
Colomitangi and Avarillo to Walker and Gagai uh, would trade Brooks over Colomitangi, but getting rid of Avarillo needs some halves cover. Well, Brooks gives you halves cover, so I think that's fine. Um, do we think a gay guy's a strong keeper option at center? I mean, it really depends on the attacking prowess of the of the bunnies, which seems quite high, and their schedule is quite soft. Um, even if he's not a keeper, I think he could be pumping out some big scores over the next few weeks, given their schedule. Mm. Uh, my instinct would be maybe to not trade Kolomatangi or Brooks, though. That would be my only. Concern. The big thing with centers is you can get a keeper center right at the end of the year. Yeah. Like if you got if you got like Momorowski and Tessie New or something like that, just roll with that. Um, I think uh, maybe just do the Avarillo to Sam Walker and keep that second trade. And then if you know something comes out, some news that you're going to lose one of your centers, then maybe pull the trigger on that second trade that you were considering doing. Brooks Brooks plays in the last game, so as long as you got him on your bench, you can. You can do something there, even Brooks to near Corey or something like that. Worst case scenario, oh no, he doesn't have the center, so it'd have to be um, have to be like to James Roberts or something like that. But I mean, you could even just go Avrilo to James Roberts if you're worried about the center and and save that trade. But you kind of want to get Walker in, so I I, I don't I don't mind uh, rolling with no backup center for a week as long as you've got an extra trade in the bank if you need to. I just yeah, I, don't, I think it might be a bit premature to trade Kolomatangi or Brooks at the moment. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. Um, like, and against this Bulldogs team too, like Kolomatangi could could easily barge over for a try. Um, yeah, it, it does feel a bit premature, but I mean, if you've got no one else that you could possibly move on, then yeah, maybe. Yeah, I prefer. I probably prefer that you move Colo than. Brooks, but I'm assuming that you only got Colomatoni last week or the week before, mm. so maybe you need to give him an opportunity to mature. Walker and SOS for cash. Uh, assume you mean bringing them in. Um, if you can get both of them, obviously that's great. If you, I can only get one, get Walker. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, really depends on team composition, but both are buys. Uh, what's the best centre option under 507k? Uh, probably... Momorowski, Kotrick, yeah, Momorowski, Kotrick. Um, who else is there? It's probably the two best that I can see. Yeah, unless you want to go budget and go down to James Roberts or something yeah. like that um, and spend the money elsewhere, which I wouldn't begrudge because I don't necessarily think that uh, low balling on centres is a bad option. I've got one more question on this Twitter post, but I'm going to come back to it because it's my favourite question, so I want to do it last. Okay. Bloody lorikeets are back. I like them. <laughs> I think they add something to it. Adds character. Yeah. I think this is a funny comment, but it's uh, it's not to me. I think it's to Peter, my brother. Uh, to the better, Jessup, why did you convince me to get Kotrick for him to score 26? <laughs> yeah, I'll blame Peter for that one. That wasn't me. That was him. Doing Welch to Adam Elliott? Uh it feels a little sideways for me, like in terms of points. Um, I would suggest hanging on to Welch, waiting a couple of weeks for Madison and then going Welch to Yeah, Madison. I'd agree. Who are the top mid-trading targets to start the year? To start the year? What do you mean to start the year? Um, I, I guess you mean like like as in do you want keepers or? Yeah, top keepers to target at the beginning of the year, I, I guess. Tohu, if you can get him in, or you know, wait maybe two weeks and get Payne Haas once he's he's dropped a little bit of money. Um, yeah, 
not really anybody I'm specifically targeting at the moment is the short answer. Watson's doing a job there. Tagiaho's doing a job there. Crichton's doing a job there. I'm not in a rush. Yeah, no, I'm the same. I'll, I'll wait for Payne Haas. I've got the exact same uh, middles <laughs> as you currently. So, yeah, yeah. I've got um, Stefano and Alvaro who aren't ideal, but they're sitting in emergencies in case of emergency. They break glass. Uh, if you have sent cover, can you boot Avarillo? Yeah. Yes. Uh, that was a question before he was dropped, obviously, even more to the point now. Uh, with Fogarty and Munster in the halves, which one should I upgrade to Cleary in the next few weeks? No, neither of them? Yeah, neither of them. I'd uh, Spend the money yeah, elsewhere. Yeah, uh, you'd probably improve your score by using that money elsewhere. You could probably get uh, two keepers with the amount of money you'd save. Yeah, put even put one of those guys in the bench if you're determined to get Cleary and find another way to get him in that isn't trading a guy who's going to be averaging mid-50s. Yep. Uh, what do we do with Hopper? Uh, he has been disappointing, hasn't he? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't help that his team can't score a bloody point, and I honestly I don't see that changing this week. Um, yeah, I'd, oh, I'd probably... He's not really doing bad. He's just doing 30. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pretty much bang on 30 every week. Um, it's a tough one. Uh, I, I mean, if, you, if you've got money, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be mad at trading like Hopper to Momorowski. Um yeah, yeah. I, if if you don't have if if that's your biggest problem this week, I think you don't really have that many problems. <laughs> so yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, I don't mind it. Yeah, if you can get Momorowski for fifty k, that's probably a goer. Mm. Uh, Welch to whom got Avarello, SST, Alvaro, SST, Watto, and Stefano. Um, so can be anybody else. I don't know if I want to be starting Alvaro or Stefano, though, so I'd say I probably would need to be a mid, and I don't know if I would be trading Welch to anybody in that bracket. Yeah, I think uh, if it was me, I'd probably wait one more week on Welch, and if he goes pretty ordinary again and Verrills is back, then I'd probably look at getting Bradley next week. Yeah, no, I think that's a goer. Good job, Ryan. That's the correct Thank answer. You. Question? Which player's performance has surprised you the most this year? Ooh, good question. That's a very good question. Um, there's, a, there's a couple that come to mind. Jaden Braley's one yeah, of them. Yeah, Jaden Braley and Reed Marnie are the first two that jump into my head as just exceeding what we expected from them through three weeks, um, just in terms of footy-wise, yeah. not even fantasy-wise. Uh, uh, yeah, Latrell is maybe the other one for me yeah. that's, that surprised me in his performance uh, just in general. Yeah. Um, what about surprised in a negative way? Hmm. Someone who's underperformed. Uh, well, probably the bulldogs attack. <laughs> Just everyone in a in a bulldogs jumper. Um, like I didn't think that'd be that'd be yeah. world beaters, but I didn't think they'd not score a point for two weeks. Uh, who else sort of? I think the yeah. It's, I guess. Um, I don't know if it's it's a bit rough to put him in this category, but Takiyaho has surprised me a little mm. bit that he hasn't sort of really kicked on like we thought he would. And I know it's a bit funny saying to everybody to hold him, I'm going to slap him if they trade him. But he's uh, he has sort of disappointed me a little bit. In, like I thought he'd be probably closer to 57, 58, or 60 plus and 53 as an average. Um, and he did have me worry. But, I mean, playing 53 for him, like he's averaging 53 and I bought him at 49 and a half, so I'm not really that upset. Yeah. Uh, another one sort of that's a bit disappointing, Jake Trevojevic. I think he's uh, – he's, he's Oh, ordinary. mate, what's going on with him? Yeah, he's – ordinary is very complimentary. And AJ Brimson was the other one, yeah. I guess, is sort of 
surprise me in a bad way. Yeah, because even AJ, even AJ um, managed, what, two tries on the weekend, still didn't crack 50. Um, yeah, no, that's a big worry for uh, for anyone that owns him. Yeah, no, I guess that's probably the, the main ones. I'm expecting a, uh, some correction in the numbers from a couple of players. Uh, Cleary is one of them. Do you think Jake Trevojevic can, uh, can get his numbers up? Because he's pretty much sitting like right around 50 at the moment. Uh, he doesn't really look like he's going to do anything. No, though. he doesn't, does he? This is the thing like he's, he kind of just looks like he's defeated. He's like a little bit like, <laughs> um, you know, like when you see uh, like a husband and wife in a marriage, they're, they're just absolutely miserable and they're just sort of, you know, they're out at brunch and they're both looking at their phones and not talking to each other and you can just tell that they hate each other but they're staying together for the children. And then Mick Ennis asks you, I say, how you going, mate? And he's like, oh, yeah, you know, it's it's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it's not good, mate. We can tell you're not enjoying it. Um, but that's your fault for being money hungry instead of signing with a good team. Um, you know, and I think when Turbo comes back, their uh, attack might spark a little bit. They've got a couple of good signs there. They've got Schuster there. Um, uh, anytime they can get Dylan Walker out of fullback will be Because they, they desperately need Tom back like because their, their back five is just so ordinary, isn't it? Well, their their entire team plays through him, though. That's the thing. They picked the most injury guy, injury prone guy they could find, aside from Kieran Foran, and said, "We're going to base our entire team's attack on you." And then they are shocked when they suck when he's injured. It's you know, it's, it's it's yeah. I don't know. So yeah, I guess that's that's the answers for me. So I guess the guy that surprised me in a bad way is probably Brimson, and I guess in a good way, Jaden Braley. Yeah. Yeah, and I'd, I'd put Reed Marnie in there as well um, with Jaden Braley in terms of uh, just footy-wise. Like, I didn't expect him to be as good as he's been. Um, and, yeah, I, I think I'm going to say Jake Javoyevic, my biggest disappointment so far. Mm. Yeah, cool. All right. I think that brings us to the end of the episode. Uh, it's not too bad. We had a bit of a an interesting audio issue in the middle there, so it'll be hopefully, hopefully it recorded the whole thing. But... The- <laughs> If if not, you might get a uh, uh, a low a lower energy version of us <laughs> redoing it again later. <laughs> um, <laughs> thanks very much for joining in and uh, enjoy your long, long, long weekend of footy. Particularly for us Queenslanders, we're in a seven day weekend, um, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you through the weekend. Love you guys.